0: Mondays are for mysteries. What is that smell? Some larger than others.
1: We're going to another dimension.
0: I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, December 11th. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. It was a very slow weekend at theaters, traditional for the first two weeks of December, where Hayao Miyazaki's The Boy and the Heron topped the box office with almost $10.5 million. Numbers two through five are the same as last weekend. The Hunger Games' The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes held on to second with $9.4 Godzilla Minus One earned another $8.3 million in third. Trolls Band Together made $6.2 million and around... Rounding out the top five is Disney's Wish with $5.3 million. Someone who has made a lot of money, though, is Taylor Swift. After a huge tour, a massive concert film, crashing SNL, bringing new fans to the NFL, and being named Times Person of the Year, you'd be forgiven for thinking Taylor Swift was done setting records for the year. But you'd be wrong. Polestar announced on Friday that Swift's Eras Tour is the highest-grossing tour ever and is the first to crack $1 billion with an estimated $1.04 billion in total ticket gross. That is the result of 4.35 million tickets sold through 60 shows. Making it even more impressive, that total does not include her Ares Tour film, which reportedly made $250 million, plus an estimated $200 million in merchandise sold during the tour. Despite the record setting year on the road, the Ares Tour isn't over yet. Swift has 76 international dates and nine U.S. shows scheduled for 2024. Polestar projects that Swift will crack the $1 billion mark again next year, bringing the tour's total to more than $2 billion. Station 19 has fought its final fire. EW can confirm that the upcoming seventh season of the ABC drama series will be its last. News of the show's impending end comes after showrunner Krista Vernoff stepped away at the end of Season 6, with Zoan Clack and Peter Page stepping in for Season 7. Vernoff had been with the firefighting drama in that capacity since Season 3, having initially taken over showrunning duties from Station 19 creator Stacy McKee, who helmed the first two seasons. Anna Chickadee Cardwell, reality star and oldest daughter of Mama June Shannon, died in her mother's home Saturday night following a battle with stage 4 adrenal carcinoma. She was 29. Cardwell, who was diagnosed in January, appeared alongside her mom and sister Alana Honey Boo Boo Thompson on TLC's Toddlers and Tiaras, and here comes Honey Boo Boo. And Ryan O'Neal, an actor whose tumultuous personal life always threatened to overshadow his work in films including the early 70s hits Love Story and Paper Moon, died Friday. He was 82. The son of screenwriter Charles O'Neill and actress Patricia Callahan, Patrick Ryan O'Neill, landed his first major acting role in 1962 on NBC's Western Empire. On that show, he met actress Joanna Moore. The two married in 1963 and had two children, actors Tatum and Griffin. O'Neill's big break came in 1964 when he landed the role of Rodney Harrington on ABC's primetime soap Peyton Place, which ran for for five years. While appearing on the series, O'Neill met actress Lee Taylor Young. O'Neill and Moore divorced in 1967, and O'Neill married Taylor Young that same year. The couple divorced in 1972, but share son Patrick. By the 70s, O'Neill began to come into his own as an actor. In 1970, he starred opposite Ally McGraw in Love Story, the tale of an intense but doomed romance that became a box office blockbuster and earned O'Neill his first and only Oscar nomination for Best Actor. The two would later reunite in 2015 for Love Letters, a love story revival on the stage. The role led to a series of hits, including 1972's What's Up Doc with Barbara Streisand and 1973's Paper Moon with his daughter Tatum, who earned a Best Supporting Actress Oscar at the age of nine for the role. In 1979, O'Neill met actress Farrah Fawcett, and the two began their infamous 17-year relationship. In 1985, Fawcett gave birth to their son, Redmond. The couple eventually starred in the short lived CBS 1991 sitcom Good Sports, which only lasted two episodes. You can read more about his career and complicated personal life at EW.com, which is where you can get more on all of these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more. Number. The long-awaited second season of 30 Coins, our number three pick, is coming to a conclusion tonight. Now, it is safe to say there will be significant shocks in this underappreciated, largely Spanish-language show. The first season of the religious horror series had monsters, rapidly growing babies, frightening visions, spider webs made of yarn for humans, and a stunning finale. Now, the second season, which has included the addition to the cast of Paul Giamatti as Christian Barbro, has managed to get even stranger. Father Vergara, the chain-smoking, boxing priest with a dark, exorcism-filled past, rejoined Elena last episode and is willing to travel across the globe to find a way to stop Barbro. Here is a short clip from the finale where Barbro unveils what could be the beginning of the end.
1: Thank you and welcome welcome my friends now we discovered this place in the 1970s And of course it wasn't easy to keep it secret until we had an idea. Do you remember that show? There's no better way to hide something than by making it shockingly public I mean who believes the news in the newspapers anyway, right? So after a few years UFOs became the idiotic idea of lunatics And in the meantime, we kept advancing until today, when our technology is capable of putting one of them into operation. And with this ship, which is over 3,000 years old, we will be able to escape the destruction we ourselves are about to provoke. That's marvelous, isn't it?
0: Well, we will find out. Now, Barbro was largely absent from the last episode, but you will be able to see what he's been up to tonight when the unsettling 30 Coins wraps up its second season at 10 on HBO and streaming on Max. It's trivia time. Paul Giamatti recently revealed that he was cast in a reboot series made by someone with whom he has always wanted to work, but scheduling conflicts got in the way and the show had to go on with someone else. So, what series almost featured the unexpected appearance of Giamatti? Was it Frasier, Twin Peaks The Return, or The X-Files? Stick around for the answer. Number two guess who's coming to town? No, it's not Santa, and it's not your in-laws. It's Barry Manilow at our number two pick, Barry Manilow's A Very Merry Christmas. The singer will bring his Vegas holiday spectacular into your homes tonight, offering you a reprieve from watching Elf for the 10th time this month, though there's certainly nothing wrong with that. The special stars Manilow, his 24-piece band, and even promises a very special appearance from The Man in Red. Here's a quick preview.
1: Jingle Bells
0: jingle Monday. Bells, jingle celebrate bells Holiday glitz with Manilow's hits.
1: In Nothing like a little Coco Cabana to ring in the holidays. A very, very Christmas.
0: Well, a very, very Christmas will feature Manilow singing holiday classics, you know, Jingle Bells, White Christmas, as well as his biggest hits, including Copacabana and Mandy. You can catch Manilow's glitzy holiday sing-along at 10 on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Our number one pick is coming up. What to watch? We'll be right back.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: This week in entertainment history, Oliver Stone released a film that gave us one of cinema's great, underappreciated villains. 36 years ago, on December 11th, 1987, Wall Street opened in theaters, unleashing Gordon Gecko on the world and bringing together an all-star cast that featured Charlie Sheen, Michael Douglas, James Spader, Daryl Hannah, Martin Sheen, Terrence Stamp, and Hal Holbrook. Here is one of the film's most famous moments.
1: <laughs> the new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of 12 billion dollars. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures
0: Wall Street is one of those rare movies with a line so powerful it echoes throughout film history. It was today, in 1987, that the world first heard Michael Douglas wax poetic on greed. Number one. Forget Father Christmas, today's number one pick is all about Big Brother. Big Brother Reindeer Games, to be exact. The six episode season of the CBS reality competition is today's number one pick, and it will play out over just two weeks and features nine former players, including some winners. I know I said to forget Father Christmas, but I'll let him tell you who's playing.
1: Santa here to unveil the names of Big Brother legends who play radio games. Now Cody, now Cameron, Danielle and Xavier, Taylor and Frankie on their best behavior. Are you kidding me? Then Britney and Nicole who both took a fall. And
0: last but not least, calling Josh the meatball. Da, 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 da. Oh, 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 no. That's right. Frankie Grande, Danielle Reyes, Taylor Hill, Cameron Harden, Josh Martinez, Cody Calafiore, Nicole Franzel, Xavier Prather, and Brittany Haynes are all joining the games, but they won't be playing anything even remotely close to Big Brother, nor will they actually be living in the house, and they also will not be voting each other out. Instead, the BB Legends will be doing battle in, as the network describes it, quote, the challenging and unpredictable competitions. Each episode will feature three competitions that culminate in something called Santa's Showdown that determines which player is eliminated at the end of an episode. Four players will eventually make it to the finale on December 21st with one ultimately claiming the $100,000 prize. The Reindeer Games get started tonight at 9 on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus with Showtime. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Paul Giamatti recently revealed he was cast in a series reboot, but couldn't do it in the end because of scheduling conflicts. What reboot almost brought Giamatti into its weird world? Was it Frasier, Twin Peaks, The Return, or The X-Files? Well, it turns out that Giamatti always wanted to work with the great... David Lynch. He was cast as one of the Mitchum brothers in the Twin Peaks reboot. Unfortunately, he was not able to make it work, and the Mitchum brothers were ultimately played by Jim Belushi and Robert Nepper. And that is it for our show today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Dustin Nelson and EW staff, edited by Sammy Junio, and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. One, two, watch.